scallywags, scoundrels, rogues, and rebels, Asylum Studios is pleased to present a show that will bend your mind, scramble your morals, and ruin your good taste. This is not a show to take home to your mother and definitely not one for the children. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Chaos and Disorder. In all actuality, I think the things that are said on the show could be taken to your mother. It's the stuff right before he hits record, or I fear sometimes after he hits record that I would be a little more worried about. But uh, welcome into Chaos and Disorder. Check out everything that we got to offer over at Chaos and Disorder on the tweeters, Chaos and Disorder podcast on Facebook, and of course you can find all the archives at AsylumFantasySports.com. You betcha. Andy Frampton bringing us in. We appreciate that. You can find him on Facebook and TikTok at Bronco Swanson. And, of course, Real Rival Lovers for the great music at Real Rival Lovers on Twitter. And, of course, you can find them on Bandcamp. I don't think that's the one we agreed to. What was the one we agreed to? Oh, we were doing like the the Raymond Cousin Gerard thing. Bandcamp. That's it. (laughs) See, I'm wishing I hadn't pointed it out. I I miss the the stunned look in your eye and in your voice that such a thing called band camp exists. Those were those were the good old days, as we were. Well, yeah, but to see, them. now is my favorite. You turned me on to it. Now yeah, is my favorite. But thing now, and- now you're all over. Well, yeah, sure. you are Mister Band Camp. Yeah, that's so, right. So here's something you don't know, Rick. But I think we got to do show business on the show. Okay. Finkelstein is right here on the edge of a suspension for next week. So we're watching him close like a hawk. So if he's not here next week, everyone can know uh, he, he's dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight at this Ooh, point. Good reference. Hey, don't cut me off. You're, you're teetering here. So My apologies, good sir. Indeed. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that, that's just pathetic. What's what's pathetic about it? Him. Well, he cutting is, you off yeah, like that. He is you know, pathetic. When you're in the middle of getting suspended. Yeah. And you yeah. cut off he's, the suspender. He's awful cheeky your for pants some. Fall yeah, down. He's awful I mean, cheeky you know, you for someone facing suspension. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. So, Rick, I'm given to understand the National Football League held a meeting last weekend to to select some new players. So I'm curious if you had any thoughts on this event. Well, I think they did pick some players. I think they were from educational institutions. Well, indeed, uh, <laughs> high esteemed educational <laughs> institutions. Indubitably, many, many well-educated young men joining the workforce coming out of that meeting. Yes, and uh, I'm sure they are just so happy to obtain employment. Oh, indeed, <laughs> or indubitably, as you like to say. Indubitably, did you really? Uh, did you pay much attention to it this year? Because actually. <clears throat> I really enjoyed it much more this year, you know, coming away from the COVID thing. Right. And, and it was just nice to have, you know, it, it was a pretty normal draft, really. Yeah, I watched every minute of Thursday and Friday. I never turned on Saturday. I, 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 I can't I, either. I'd had right. my fill by that time. Monday, I was excited or Monday, yeah, or Friday. When the hell was the first round? Thursday. Good <laughs> Thursday, God. If yes. I just keep naming days, I'll get there eventually. Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Right. <laughs> you sound like well, I like Peter Tal Pacino's Italian wife and the Godfather. Monday, t- Thursday, <laughs> Friday. No days in order. You just start naming them. 
I watched the first round with excitement, irregardless of what day it happened. So before we get into the picks and the players, I do have to say I was excited about it kind of in the beginning. As it wore on, it was a terrible terrible television show oh, I don't, it was gruesome i don't want to be the guy just bitching about because it, it was a good thing and to your right. point right after last year with that awkward crap with goodell in the basement right. in the the waving at the screens like anybody because that that was nonsense so it was yeah. good so i don't want to complain about that you but, know one thing i did hate i i mean i <laughs> shocker you had an issue with it <laughs> exactly. go ahead but it just slayed me every pick that was made they had some jabroni sitting in some oh, recliner. Well, you dressed- don't know what the chair is. I mean, you're that out of the loop. Well, that was the chair Goodell was sitting in in the basement last year, yeah, and it was they- such a hit on Twitter that dipshit brought it with him and put it on the stage. But they put them in different places and, like, put them high and put them low, and they, they put some old cripple in there dressed up. <laughs> <laughs> on one, and then another one looked like the Macho Man. Now that all. that guy that, was all right. Yeah, he was actually even his to, mannerisms, yeah. and he had the Macho Man down. But I am no Browns so fan. Cheesy. I am no fan of cheesy shtick, but Macho Man Browns guy that was pretty awesome. Put Goodell and Vince McMahon together, and I think we would oh, have you, gold. You could cheesy some, gold. Yeah, may, you could actually do the XFL right if you put those two together and cheese up the oh, XFL. No But that was kind of my first gripe, right? They got a little run on Twitter because of the chair and Goodell in the basement. And and that might have been cute for a pick or two. But they must have scoured the earth for the most obnoxious, (laughs) dumb assery they could find in every NFL city. Save for the Macho Man guy. We're going to talk a little more about the Macho Man later. But... Yeah, that that was unbearable. And you get them, they'd be dancing around, and Goodell would become walking out, and they'd have to tap. You'd see that one poor producer or whatever she would be. She'd have to come and tug on these idiot shirt shirt tails yeah. to sit down so Goodell, because he wouldn't walk by any of these troglodytes unless they were in the chair. You had that band playing in the background. They never knew when to stop. It just it like constant noise. Like, I mean, as a TV show, it was awful. Yeah, the the band playing in the background was like hysterical. It was like having, I don't know, what was that? The Ricky Ricardo at the Tropicana Club. <laughs> and it, Goodell's coming out there trying to say something, and they like keep playing. Oh, it's yeah. like, shut up. And then they'd finally got the memo, and then they're playing Sweet Caroline. And of course, <laughs> that dumbass walks right before the hook to Sweet Caroline. So he's got to wave them on. No, you go ahead, because he knows they'll burn Cleveland down if they don't get to do the boop, boop, boop nonsense. I mean, that, again, I don't want to gripe. It was just, it felt like, even though I know they've tightened these times up, it felt like there was four hours between every pick. It oh, just went it was on gruesome. forever. The, the, the the nonsense, right? Even with the, you know, you're not supposed to stay stuff like this. But presumably, everybody that was there was there because they're vaccinated. And the few players that showed up that they didn't, they had an eggs in the on the backstage area. They wouldn't let anybody near anybody. And when Susie's interviewing them, she's standing 45 feet away. She was just as close interviewing Trevor Lawrence down in Florida than she was to the people right. on the stage. That I'm 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 past that good optic stuff. I can't take that anymore. But. 
But I got to say, as somebody who doesn't like the draft, at least the top top half of that draft, and maybe the whole way through the first round, was interesting. There was, we actually got some movement. We got some intrigue. We got some excitement. Of course, it's way overboard now, and everybody's predicted everybody's career from right. day one to the end. But 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 some interesting things went on. And all in all, so I say all, all of that bitching, 15 minutes of bitching to say, I kind of enjoy it. Yeah, I mean – the first two rounds, you know, save for all the shtick and, and how boring it was with their entertainment, quote-unquote. Right. A lot of interesting picks, I mean, by by all the teams, quite frankly. I mean, you know, we were Pittsburgh boys, and obviously we wanted to see what the Steelers were doing. But, you know, watching what the Bears did in Minnesota and some of these teams, it was like, wow. I mean, this – I mean, it's really – you know, I actually sat down and was trying to think of, you know, like some way too early, you know, quote unquote, preseason picks. You know, I mean, I tell you what, with with all this stuff going on with Aaron Rodgers, boy, I tell you, Chicago and Minnesota sure are putting some pressure on thirteen and three Packers. Yeah, you you wonder. Let's start with Chicago. I, I want to handle Rodgers on his own. That's its own segment, as far as I'm concerned. So they they made the right move, right? right? You went up and got the quarterback. I think for their offense, I like Fields over Mac Jones. You knew when they were moving up, it was going to be the quarterback. Here's the problem. He's going to Chicago. They're the Bears. This almost has to be a disaster, doesn't it? It's the Bears. They cannot groom a quarterback. It does, but... As dynamic as he can be, you've already got Robinson and you've got a lot of speed with Mooney. Not only did they move up and get Fields, you know, they've got, um, who was that? Uh, Tevin Jenkins, you know, the offensive tackle from Missouri. They got um, Borum from Virginia Tech. So already basically two starting tackles on the offensive line. You know, Montgomery was actually coming into his own towards the end of the year if they don't screw with this kid, this offense can be really good. It, it should be. This, this is one of them, and I, I generally yell that people sound dumb when they say this. You can't compare something that happened 30 years ago with what the outcome's going to be now. But I'm starting to feel that way with the Chicago Bears. And it wouldn't matter if they'd have somehow moved up and got Trevor Lawrence, if they'd have taken taking Mac Jones there it doesn't matter it's the Bears it's gonna and you can see it in Justin Fields eyes that was an oh shit in his eyes when he found out he was going to Chicago I don't know why it is a quarterback vortex of suck and I have no nobody can explain it no the GM's changed the coaches changed everything has changed but the owners in the city they can't get a quarterback since what Bermuda Triangle for for quarterbacks it really is I mean I, I agree with you but I hope it. This if there's any way out. to break this curse, I think they've seemed to have found maybe the guy, and then they actually boosted the the offensive line to boot. I, I tell you, if, if it goes down, it is a curse, right? Yeah, I, I think that that's what we're going to see. But it is interesting, right? They move up. They have the choice between Fields and Mac Jones. And they take Fields. Fields is the one that still, to me, almost inexplicably was sliding down the draft board. You know what I mean? Even leading up right. to and it leading to all that consternation. We turned it into, I'm not getting into all that. Right. I had that fit last week. But, 
you know, it's kind of interesting that I guess the possibilities there, right? If one of them was going to be a bust, which any of them could be a bust, let's make no mistake about it. <laughs> and, and let's let's face it, probably the majority of them will be. Well, history history right. tells us that as well. So. So then, then, then when you look at it, I think, you know, number two most interesting is Mac Jones falling to the Patriots. They don't have to move up to get what's presumed to have been their guy all along, right? And, and they played it out. Is Mac Jones, does he step right in and get that Patriots engine moving again? Or are we comparing two weird-looking quarterbacks who look awful with their shirts <clears throat> off so we think Mac Jones is now just Tom Brady because they have similar <laughs> shirtless photos on, on the interwebs? I'm not sure what Belichick's going to do with Jones. Do you, <clears throat> um, you know, look, look, Cam Newton still showed he could run and so forth, and I don't know. I, I can't I'm, – I'm with you. Mac Jones is going to be the guy before the year's over with, but I don't know if he's going to start off as a starter. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I just don't know – how Belichick rolls. I mean, who does? Well, we, we haven't really seen this, right? <laughs> right. That's what I'm most curious about. You know, this isn't Bill Belichick when Tom Brady started his run. Right. What was that, 20 years ago now? Shoot, was yeah. it 2001? That season, do I have that right? It could be. Whenever Bledsoe got obliterated, yeah, I, I can't I, remember what I want year to say was, that was yeah. at 2001, 2000 or 2001, <clears throat> somewhere in there. Our producer will pull that up in no time, I'm somewhere, sure. He's too busy texting, having schmoopy time over there. He can't be bothered. That's strike two. I can, that, I'd smell suspension. <laughs> that thing's coming. But, uh, well, yeah, have you a beer. That'll fix it. So. <laughs> Just knocks me completely off track every single time. It just absolutely never fails, you know. He didn't have, even have to say anything to pull the e-brake on this show. <laughs> no, you know he, I, you're right. So as I talk, oh, so you're talking over 20 years ago at Bill Belichick with the success he has had, with the quarterback he's had, and then. You know, Tom Brady leaves. He brings in a long-standing veteran. For better or worse, it was a veteran. I'll be most interested to see what the what is he? He's probably pushing seventy now. Bill Belichick at that advanced yeah. age, does he have the patience and the time to groom a quarterback? I don't feel like one thing I can be certain of: Mac Jones isn't Andrew Luck. He's not stepping in. Day one, going to be the guy. You're going to have some ups and downs. I think there's going to have to be some work with him. And going from Alabama to New England, Alabama, if there's a knock on Mac Jones, and I never liked this this implication with anybody that, well, these certain players are surrounded by great players all the time, makes them look better than they are. I, I think there's enough professionals with enough measurables right. that that isn't always the case. But – but historically, New England doesn't have all this flash, all these big names. These are workaday guys. It's about the system. But you know what New England does have this year? Two really viable, good tight ends that they haven't right. had since Gronk and Hernandez. 
and that before all the murder and stuff. Well, yeah, but, but I mean that bodes real well for rookie quarterbacks, right? Yeah, yeah, having a good tight end, but that's not a system. How many non-quarterbacks have we seen receivers specifically step into that system and can't figure it out, right? And don't succeed. <laughs> Running backs, you you see it tight ends, you know, since those two. But if you think about the New England though, you look at Brady when he got hurt. Matt Castle led them 11-5. and five. Jimmy Garoppolo had all kinds of success, you know, when with his short tenure in New England. It seems that whoever is quarterback, you know, obviously, I mean, Brady's been there for so long, you know, save Cam Newton last year who wasn't very good, but he did have flashes. You know, it, it seems like the quarterbacks tend to grasp what's going on. But by the time you saw Castle, by the time you saw Garoppolo, they'd been there a while, right? I mean, this is a kid coming and fresh Brady out of Brady was there. Right. Right. There's a kid coming fresh out of college. I'll just be curious, does he adapt, he being Belichick, adapt to having a rookie quarterback, just letting him lean on the tight ends, letting him do whatever it is he does that, that makes him special? Or there's going to be a pretty big learning curve here, and what I'll be so I say all that I'll be curious to see if Belichick has the patience at, at his advanced age with all the success he's had, the patience and the ability to do it. And is Mac Jones the the cerebral type of quarterback? I think you would have to be to come in off the streets and and make that work. Who seems to pique your curiosity more? Is it Lawrence in Jacksonville? Fields in Chicago, Jones in New England. Um, who's the other? Lance. Um, he's he's the most intriguing because I feel like number one. I know the least about Lance, right? Because he played at North Dakota State, right? I I'm a college football fan, but not to that level, right? Where essentially he's played what one real full season, right, yeah. of college football. But then you look at the tape; he does pop. I'm not a scout. I'm, I'm not a don't do any draft analysis, but just as a fan watching him. He really does pop. So I think he's the most intriguing because I think he's the most unknown. He's probably the most physically gifted. He's probably the most athletic, but we don't know anything about him, right? And, you know, going to that offense, you know, going into with those weapons, with that coach more specifically, with with Shanahan, that's interesting, right? Shanahan, you know, I have less concern, and I should say it's concern with Belichick, but Shanahan's young. He's very innovative. He's very flexible, it seems, depending on who his quarterback is. You saw what he did with Kirk Cousins in Washington. You saw it, it didn't necessarily work with Garoppolo. But you get a guy with his with Lance's skill set, with his weapons, th- th- it's intriguing. But I think probably also has the highest bust potential. I say him – and I say Fields, and Fields only because of where he went, and, and he does right. wear that baggage of every Ohio State quarterback who's failed before him. Again, probably unfair, but it's Ohio the t- State baggage and Chicago Bear baggage. Yeah, you put I mean, that together, yeah. that stuff weighs in the back of your mind. Where Lance, I feel like I know nothing about, but he's going to, in my opinion, by far the best situation. Lawrence is a pretty good situation with that right. coach now and the weapon bringing in at the end. And they, they have, I, I'd still like to see one big receiver, but I think. Chark and Chenault still pretty good, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like Chenault, but. I'm, you know, I, I step back and I 
I'm just hesitant. Everybody just has totally given up and, and, and it's a free-for-all of Garoppolo bashing. I mean, this guy was in the Super Bowl two years ago. Right. And, yeah, they had a great defense. And, yes, they had running backs, but it kind of goes back to what you were saying. You know, did all these great players, have, you know, just carry Jimmy Garoppolo to the Super Bowl? I mean, you know, he, the kid was doing something right. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just kind of still on the fence that we haven't heard the last of this kid. I mean, I think the only issue with Jimmy Garoppolo at this point, the only ability he's lacking is the most important one. That's availability. You know, right. that I get. Yeah. You know, he has not been durable. Who, who's ever fault that is, his, the offensive line, the coaching staff, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm not ready. I, I'm thinking he goes in, we talked about this a lot last week, and I think the Lance pick kind of solidifies that. I think Jimmy Garoppolo starts the season as a starter for the 49ers. And I think he hits a bad stretch week six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. We see Lance. He's the dutiful backup, and he's out of there at the end of the year. As a fan of a team with an aging quarterback who's almost certain to be done after this year, I would be happy to welcome a Jimmy Garoppolo into the fold rather than you know yeah. having to give up 100 draft picks to move into the top five for an unknown. Jimmy Garoppolo, he ain't Aaron Rodgers. But how many are Aaron well, Rodgers? Exactly. I think he could be Matt Stafford. Yeah, I think sure. he doesn't have as big of an arm. But I think, again, you're, you're right. It was a good team with a good defense and good weapons around him and good coaching, and he took that team to the Super Bowl. I just think we forget everything that the 49ers went through last year. I don't blame him for getting the quarterback. Lance is more of a Shanahan type of player, more of a Shanahan type of guy, so that makes sense <clears throat> to me. Jimmy Garoppolo, right. if he just plays his cards right – does that his job a, this year, he, he's going to be just fine. That San Francisco situation going to the Super Bowl, to me, isn't the same as Trent Dilfer in Baltimore. No, Brad no, no. Johnson in Tampa. You know what I'm saying? I, they not, had a really good defense, but not those had, level of teams. They no. had top five defenses maybe <clears throat> of all time. And that one, that San Francisco defense wasn't. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, there's there's still a lot to be heard from from Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, what I find interesting, one thing I've noticed, and it's funny, we did it here, and I actually had in my notes to bring it up. You watch any of the draft analysis, you read anything, you watch anything on the four-letter network or the NFL network, they're having the same conversations we've just had here. Lawrence a little bit, but I think everybody's kind of considering him as close to a sure thing as you're going to get. Yeah, Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields. What about Zach Wilson taking number two, right? I think if we just accepted the fact that I think I have, he's gone to the Jets, he's certain to be a bust, and it might not be his fault. It's just well, the Jets are such a pathetic organization. And, and that's the thing about him going to the Jets – because we're going to see very soon what Sam Darnold has. Right. For real. Now you, you get away from Adam Gase. Then we That's got to be good for anybody, right? To me, I think it, then you can start really evaluating this player. Because, you know, just watching this clown, what he did in Miami <laughs> and then in New York, 
I mean, it is... What happened to Ryan Tannehill when he got away from that idiot? Yeah, you talk about a (laughs) vortex of suck. I mean, good Lord. I mean, yeah, Ryan Tannehill goes to Tennessee, comeback player. I mean, my God, what he was doing. They they go to... What? They went to the conference finals, I'm not mistaken. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I'm very anxious to see what, getting off the Jets subject, what Sam Darnold's going to be able to do. But, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like, Eh, he went to the Jets. Okay. Well, you know, you know and that's about it. You know, nobody's going to talk about it unless they go on a six-game winning streak. Right. Because I think we could be having this same conversation we had about Lance with Wilson, right? You you look at – he played in, in obviously, in D1 and in a bigger conference, but – you know, two years ago, he was an afterthought. Then last year, he blows up, but played nothing but cupcakes at the beginning of the schedule. Because remember, you know, BYU had that stance right. of, we will play anybody, anytime, anywhere we want to play. Put up these big numbers and then perform well against better competition later in the year. But again, I think a really a real unknown. And he was the lock it down. He was going to be the second pick no matter what. I wonder, I'm starting to think that was best based less on evaluation of his talent than everybody must have known this was the Jets guy. And it just it was never a conversation. It didn't feel like it was one leading up to the draft. Nobody mentions it now. Right. I think the Jets are just so pathetic. It's like, well, poor kid. Yeah, he'll be Sam Darnold in three or four we'll years. Throw him just, some money. Yeah. <laughs> he's just going to be Sam Darnold. I, I think that's where he is. i tell you one thing that I did really find interesting. And to me... Of course, they're, they're kind of like my – those the Cardinals and the Vikings are kind of like my NFC teams. And Minnesota drafting Darasaw out of Virginia Tech, offensive tackle. Um, you know, they did get a quarterback out of Carolina, but, you know, it, it tells me, you know, and then they got a guard, you know, I think in the next pick. I mean, they're, they're looking – look, we're going to be able to run the ball. We're going to protect Kirk Cousins. We've got weapons with Jefferson – um, you know, and, and this defense isn't that bad. So I, I tell you what, I know I really like what Minnesota did this year. Yeah. I think that they built to their strengths, right. And, and for all the, you know, all RB should be shipped to the moon and just bring in the next crop next year. I think when you get a guy that likes a Dalvin cook, get him an offensive line, plus with Kirk Cousins being immobile. So I think we see what their identity is going to be offensively. They're going to run the ball. They're going to lean on Cook. And then Kirk Cousins, he is a really good quarterback when you're not relying on him to win a football game. When he is a cog in the machine and hitting that big play, and when right. you've got a guy like Dalvin Cook softening up that defense, then bang, he can hit it. He can make every and if throw. Kirk he's Cousins strong. doesn't have to run for his life. Well, that's a big thing too. Yeah, because yeah, he he's not mobile. So and, and kind of a thing, a hit soft spot for you and I. You know, two pit guys. You know, the defensive end Patrick Jones and uh, the tackle Jalen. What is it? Twyman, I believe Jaylen is Twyman. His name. Yeah. yeah, going there. So. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a Vikings fan. This yeah, year. I mean they they beefed up that offensive line, the defensive line. I mean I, I just really like what Minnesota did and this whole thing with Aaron Rodgers, which we'll get to. Boy, I tell you, Green Bay could be a mess. Yeah, let's get into if they're not already a mess. Yeah, let, let let's get right into Aaron Jones here. Or Aaron Jones, you know he'll he'll probably come up at some point too. Yeah, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Hank Aaron, yeah, Hank Aaron. Aaron Tommy Brockovich, Aaron, yeah. any any Aaron you can name, we'll we'll talk right. about him here. 
I got to tell you, I have had it with Aaron Rodgers. I, I am so sick of this story. I don't blame Green Bay for not trading him. I was, I saw a tweet. This is how dumb I am. I'm easily swayed by tweets. That's why I don't read Twitter. I'd be one of these troglodytes all over the tweeters. But saw, I saw someone, I, I should have taken a screenshot of it so I could read it verbatim. But it was, you know what? We agree. Poor Aaron Rodgers. He's got to go out there every week with the best wide receiver in the game, a top five running back, and a coach with a 875% win percentage. How dare the Packers do him this way? Yeah. <laughs> it got me to thinking, you know what? Yeah, we because we said that. Yeah, They're he 26 does. and 6, I think, the last two years. Yeah, under Lefleur. Yeah, Lefleur. Who, who we made plenty of fun of because I was on the Aaron Rodgers side at the beginning of that. Look, I get it. The love pick hurt your feelings. It made you mad. Shut up. Right. <laughs> Just shut it's up over with. Do, shut up and do your job. I, I am so over the. I, but the, the thing that kills me is they drafted love. Okay. You're upset about it. You went out and won MVP. Right. Get over it. Yeah. They didn't draft another quarterback this year. Yeah. There, there's obviously some something personal there with, with Aaron Rodgers in the front office. But what I'm kind of tired of is this story goes away, and then it comes to the forefront when anything else major in the NFL is happening, right? It's always the lead-up to the draft, the lead-up to the playoffs, the lead-up to the Super Bowl. It's just this pops up. I don't know if he's just some attention-seeking weirdo. I I don't know what this is, but... I, I would think at this point they did draft their guy last year. You would think you could get a King's Ransom. Aaron Rodgers but how about this how about be a professional go to the team privately right. and say whatever it is he may have a perfectly legitimate reason it, it's right. obviously either a beef between him and the floor or a beef between him and the GM it's something there go to them and say look not to the media not to social media exactly. not on jeopardy I'm not playing for you again trade me right. I'm not going to suit up for you you talk about it's hard to think you could devalue Aaron Rodgers, but teams, the Sharks are in the water. When he's that unhappy and he says, I am not playing here, I would rather sit out, which, number one, I don't believe because I've heard this from him. I feels like a half a dozen times. I know that's an exaggeration. Shut up. Handle it privately. The team gets a king ransom. You can about dictate where you want to go. But, no, he takes this public, makes this big circus out of it. And God, I'm usually sympathetic to the player in these. I'm over it. I'm not convinced this isn't something that he is, I don't know, I mean, not a ploy, but intentionally enticing because he said – I mean, openly, he spent countless hours, you know, training and watching Alex Trebek, you know, all his mannerisms, how he went to commercials, how he ended rounds, how he talked to contestants, how he even um, iterated the, 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 um, the subjects. I'm not sure he just doesn't want to be a game show host here. All right. Well, then retire and be a game show. Exactly. Exactly. We don't need any of this crap. First of all, Aaron, you're not going to be the full-time host of Jeopardy. I watch Jeopardy. Not religiously, but I watch it. I watched your episode. You're adult. All right? You don't have the person. That would be the one game show adult possibly could be. And let's face it. 
whoever takes Alex yeah. Trebek's place, you're going to suck. Yeah, compared to Alex Trebek, <laughs> exactly. Anyhow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. Dude, who cares? Yeah. I mean, it's just that's that's just one of those things. Alex Trebek was. Frickin' Jeopardy, period. Yeah, yeah, it, it's simple as that. It, it will go on. We, uh, the next generation after me will get used to whoever this right. new host is and will probably, unless they just keep doing this guest spot thing forever, revere them the way you and I revere Alex Trebek. Think, but th- Well, think about how many hosts they went through before they finally settled on Steve Harvey after Richard Dawson right. died from Family yeah. Feud. yeah. Yeah, and I still haven't accepted anybody but Bob Barker on the prices. Right, Drew Carey can s in his hat. I mean, he oh, yeah. from everything I read, he's doing a great job, but not for me. It's just yeah. that those we we, we hold you game know Bob show host. Was not the original host of Prices Right. I was not aware of that. It no. was Dennis James. I'm, I'm not familiar with the oeuvre of Mr. Dennis really? James. Dennis James was actually great. He used to do the. Um, he'd do commercials, but everything always ended with, okay, okay. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I that, like that. that. And the way James. you did the little gun yep, point at me, exactly, I like that. Yeah. Uh, that. That was pretty good. Yeah, I, I bought into that. So, I mean, do, do we think, you know, we, we've been down this road before. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be in Green Bay this year? I don't know. I mean, I really don't know how serious he is about his – threat of you know the gm better be fired or i'm not coming back um does does green bay take it serious and and look for an offer but see the draft's over now yeah that mean nobody has really any capital to give that's where it almost has to be personal and if it's as simple as that and i'm the green bay packers i mean think about it if you're trading aaron Rodgers, you're talking aaron donald or somebody like that. You know, you're talking three or four first round picks is probably yeah, what it'll but no, be. yeah, exactly. But you know, I don't know if anybody's going to give it up now. I think the the precarious position they find themselves in, which is where Aaron Rodgers may ultimately be proven right, if they thought Jordan Love was that dude. Aaron be gone by now. Oh, that's true. They, they could have got a haul this year, got their quarterback for this year. They could have traded with Atlanta, something. They would have gotten their haul of pick. They don't believe in him. Now, now again, I don't well, think would? I don't yeah. think you could expect anybody to replace Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this is one of the t- best 20 quarterbacks, 25 quarterbacks sure. in the history of this league, probably, and what he can do on his own, but – but again, I just it can't be that simple. Because if it's just as simple as I will shut up, I will show up and play and be happy if you fire that GM. Right, <laughs> he's out the door. Right. GM, I find me a GM. This isn't this isn't uh, Charlie Castle. You know, I mean, he gone. Yeah, and, and I was listening to a radio show today. You know, they had Terrell Davis on there, and of course, he knows Aaron Rodgers. And basically, without getting into it, he he. Terrell Davis says that there has to be some something behind the scenes. It's right. much more than drafting love. Yeah. It, okay, yeah, you were upset at the time, but you went out and won the MVP, blah, blah, blah. He says there's something yeah. that we just don't know about. And, you know, it, it's going to have to come to a head before – training camp he's got to be somewhere yeah yeah so and i think what green bay may do if i'm not mistaken if they trade him after june 1st 
So June or July. Well, yeah, I whenever think it's June. June one. The cap the cap hit reduces by like about fourteen million bucks. Yeah. So so it would make all the sense in the world to wait for that. The other thing I like, kind of the the arrogance, and why wouldn't you have this arrogance if you know, look how arrogant I am and I'm not Aaron Rodgers. Imagine if I had his ability, money and, and everything he has, just how arrogant I would be. But the arrogance of him, he doesn't have a no-trade clause. They haven't agreed to trade him, and he's out there dictating to – that's rude – out there dictating to which teams he's willing to go. It just shows that the ghost doesn't really care that you're arrogant. Apparently. I would trade him to the Jets or the oh. Bengals or somewhere so fast. None of those teams would have him with their young quarterback. But he's not getting anywhere on his wish list. He go, I'm going to make it hurt on the way out. Oh, exactly. I mean, I, I don't know where – I mean, if you think about it. Hold on a minute. He's over here cackling. What well, he was dirty that about that? I was thinking that would be a great Taco Bell joke. Ah. This hour, sponsored by Taco Bell. It hurts on the way out. That would be a good commercial. And bring that dog back, the little chihuahua. But if you think Yo, about the, the draft right now, just after the draft, how many teams really? I mean, obviously, every team would prefer Aaron Rodgers over anybody they have. Maybe, say, Tampa, you know, and maybe one or two other teams. I can't even – I you without thinking about it. But how many teams really are willing – would be willing to give up, like, future draft picks for him because there's so few teams, I think, that would act like if he went to, oh, what would be a good team? I mean, let's just throw, you know, Herbert out, or I mean, Burrow out. Would he really make Cincinnati a Super Bowl contender? I, I mean, think he makes he, anywhere he goes a Super Bowl think, contender. You think though? I mean, seriously. I mean, he's he's actually been like like with you said, top five running back, best receiver in in the game. And they've been falling short to even get to the Super Bowl, let alone well, win championships. I'm not, I'm not knocking him, but would he actually lift them to? He'll make you a playoff team. Championship that. contention to give up like four first round draft picks. That, that, that's my point. A team that's trying to get to, you know, if say Herbert wasn't in in the with the Chargers, L.A. I was going to say San Diego. Yes, definitely, right? Because, right. I mean, they seem to be talented. I mean, one laden. of the teams on his list, Vegas. Yeah. That would make all the sense in the world. And, and you know, that could be really attainable. Okay, we're going to give you car plus whatever. So now Nobody at least, wants a car. Well, of course they do. They don't want love. I mean, let's face it. I mean, well, they, they probably don't. I mean, but... car's better than love right now, especially. Well, certainly. I mean, love. So, I mean, throw car in there. Plus some other capital. That way, it kind of eats up some of your draft picks, and at least gives Green Bay a starting quarterback. Yeah, I'd be curious what what the what the package would look like. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine a guy at the really at the peak of his power. He's on the wrong side of thirty, but still. Here's a team that has nothing to give because they've given away everything, but they don't have a quarterback now. Houston. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what they'd have to you know, There's nothing. give them half the city or something. I don't know. Yeah, they, they got nothing left because they give it away for nothing. I think they had their first pick was a third rounder this yeah. year. Yeah. Well, they got their quarterback to replace Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's so great. Am I allowed to say the name Deshaun Watson or does that offend you too? 
You're good. Okay. I, I just got to make sure. Appreciate that. We can call him DW. DW. That, that's Daryl Waltrip. You can't say that. Darkwing Duck. That's true. We should probably take a commercial break. Yes. See if he's right. Oh, look at that. He's trying hard to stave off that suspension, but uh, I got my doubts. I really do. wild ride heading. All right, so let's take a break. When we come back, Rick, I want to discuss the Tom Wilson situation, if you don't mind. So we'll do that. We'll throw down the gloves. I'm going to pull Briggs' shirt over his head, and we're going to have at it right after this. Let's talk about our sponsor, Dead Sled Coffee. Dead Sled Coffee strives to create a culture of acceptance and respect, no matter what your level of coffee knowledge is. They are distinguished coffee for the exceptional and unconventional. They offer amazing products that do not require your dictionary or your atlas to appreciate. Feel comfortable ordering their coffee and know that it is not a crime if you do not know where the beans came from or where it was processed. They have done all the work for you, having slurped and sniffed through endless cuppings, so you can just sit back and enjoy your coffee experience. Not sure what to try? Well, try some of their new signature blends, the Robert England blend, the Kiss blend, and the Cypress Hill blend. Go to deadsledcoffee.com. Use the promo code DEADSLED15 and take 15% off your order. Deadsledcoffee.com. And hey, tell them Fligger and Briggs sent you. All right, welcome back into Chaos and Disorder. I've been passed a note, Rick. I have I it have in my too. hand. So Me I'm too. going to just read it as it's written. See, he thinks he's doing doing stuff I on the sly. Too. But I have two, what, what do you call the star things? Two asterisks. stars? Asterix. So, oh, asterisks. So around, okay. in between asterisks, it says, stick it up. Stick it up your stick Taco it up. Bell. Yeah. yeah, so we'll do that. But uh, no, for our sponsor, this, this is good to know. I'm not a coffee drinker, as you know. I probably shouldn't say that as part of a coffee ad. But no, fortunately, <laughs> I am. But uh, and apparently, as, as is Mr. Finkelstein, and he gives the Robert England blend a 10 out of 10. So can I ask a really stupid question? Yeah. What does a blend mean when we're talking about coffee? I understand the term blend. What's it mean in coffee? Well, I mean, if you understand the term blend... That is a blend of different coffees. So different coffees. That's what I'm curious. Is it a coffee? It's such a good outro. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes, it's a blend. I mean, it's... So you're blending different beans together? Is that what's happening here? Well, yeah, different coffees. You know, you say, just for example, you have a handful of Colombian beans. And over here you have a handful of Ethiopian beans. And they're all ground up, and you mix it all together, and then you have a blend of coffee. Well, all right. See, that, so, you don't have to be so dismissive. I was I'm just not. asking was the question. To That's my job. Yeah. Wait, was I dismissive? A little bit. You, you were. You were like a three, whereas I'm like an 11 out of 10. Yeah, it's just a simple question. It was a simple right, answer. Here's, here's a dirty little secret I'm going to teach you. It's called value add. I don't really care about what a coffee blend is, but I wanted to drag out the commercial for our sponsor. You do. You do care. No, I really don't. But but now the audience thinks I do, and they're intrigued by Dead Sled Coffee and specifically the Robert England blend. All right, so welcome back to Chaos and Disorder. There, I got it, yay. So what is it you love about the Robert England blend, Finkelstein? It is so amazingly smooth. Smooth. Now, is it... 
I have not had the Robert England blend yet. So is it more of a strong it, tasting coffee? It's or, sharp. Or, <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. I see what you did there, and I like it. I made a Freddy Krueger joke. Yeah, I, I am so good on <laughs> the radio. God, you're blessed to have me. Yeah, you would be effed without me. I got to tell you, the talent, pal, the mm. talent. Okay, you're the things <laughs> dreams are made of. He's leaving. How, how are we going to have a conversation? <laughs> All <laughs> right. So, other than it being he left the studio, smooth, and to go with Mister Briggs' question of, is it bold? Is it for as strong as it claims to be, it, it really isn't like punch you in the face, bitter or anything like that. It's super smooth. Um, you can adjust it. You want to up the punch in the face, by all means, double it up. Can you make it Irish? Uh, I've Surprisingly, I've not tried that. Wow, that's weird. All right, here's another dumb coffee question. This is what everybody tuned in for, Rick Flieger, asking stupid coffee questions. But now I'm curious. When you when we say coffee is strong, yes, is sir. that flavor is strong or more impactful in terms of caffeine and waking your ass up? Twofold. Oh. Uh, it, it's a however it is proposed. So if you say, is the flavor strong? then yeah, it's like, is it really bitter? Is it really, um, I always go with the, the garage coffee where you need a fork and a knife to cut it. Like Hills brothers. That's not very strong, but <laughs> oh. if you, if you use a feed shovel to brew your coffee, yes, then it ah, would be strong. Yes. The feed shovel comes back around. However, if you're talking, is it strong? Like it'll keep me up. Robert England's a higher caffeine well, it makes sense because if you fall asleep around Robert England, you're done. Done. Dead. Dead. Dead slate coffee. Dead. Oh. I, I like that. It's like we all tied it together. Yeah, it all came full circle. You got it. Now that's, Rick, what we call value add. Yes, Bill indeed. Belichick's also 69 years old. Well, you said right pushing 70. I think we'll just let it slide. I, I like the clarification. I, I, I like it. I'm going to give him that one. See, I mean, I, it was about a half hour too late, see, but I I'm going to give it to stick up for you, him. and this is what I get. You stick up for me. You just, just stormed did. out of the studio having did. a hissy fit and then came back in just to yell at somebody else. I just did. <laughs> so what more do you want? He wants to talk about Tom Wilson. Yes. Can Go I talk ahead. about Tom Wilson? So that, did you that see, way I don't have to. Did, you don't want to talk about Tom Wilson? <laughs> I don't want to talk about anything. Oh, all because right. Because you offended what me. About, what about, you want to talk about a box? A box. Oh, the box. No, Today's the day, about right? Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson went in the penalty box. Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> yes, Ten a minutes. Long penalty box. If I'm day. not mistaken. So what? What was in the box? Tom Wilson. Come on, you had a joyous weekend. Great personal news. Great I did. success. A field. You should be in a great mood. I had and a... willing to fill both me and our listeners who are all on the edge of our seats on and what the hell you were talking and you about know with the what box. Really. Made my weekend. What's that? And actually, it was back on Thursday. Thinking about the box story and how you were going to fill us no. all in. But an old friend of ours. Okay. Way back in the asylum days. Ooh. Way back in the FF Oasis days. Oh, we're going way in the way back machine. Yes. Now. A good friend of ours, Chris Gooden. 
Oh, I remember Chris. Yes. Yeah. Him and well, Scott were partners on. He sent you some research material. Oh, he sent me research yes. material. Did it involve the word <laughs> stuck in any way? Because yes. that's most of the research. Yeah, did you happen to see it? I did not. <laughs> but I am I am in color me intrigued. Well, I'm gonna read you the headline. Oh, there's a headline. I like it. Burglar sues homeowner. <laughs> <laughs> After being raped by German shepherds what? while stuck in the house's pet door. <laughs> wow, that is a lot to unpack. <laughs> and there's actually a picture of his face. In the dog door? No. Does he I mean, look like how I expect him to look? Um. Did he send this via the Gmail? I'm going to have to check this out. Was it out. England? It, like the country, not... Not I'm Robert. going to yeah. uh, turn my computer around. Okay. There's the poor lad. That's about how I would expect <laughs> him to look. So, all right. So, I, I don't hey, know Chris, how... Chris, thank you very much. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I don't know how gentle I have to be in, in approaching this, depending on how sensitive he is leading up to his suspension here. But, but the headline in and of itself. So, I get... Trying to crawl through the dog door. This is a scenario I'm very familiar with, as you know. I, a lot of things, re- really weird things happen when people try to do yeah, that. It's, I mean, it's not good. I mean, it's normally good from what I see, but but this is probably the downside of that. If there is a downside, th- this, in fact, is it. Unless you like being raped by German shepherds, well, right? This, here's where I'm getting hung up. So... <laughs> There's some practical implications here. Is this to assume he was sans pantaloons when he was going through the dog <laughs> That's door? That's what I was wondering, yeah. Like, what are you doing? He was busting a sag. Ah, could it be that? What? I mean, did they... Well. Did they hike his britches down? Did they? Because rape is a strong word, right? right? It, it, and I don't want to make too much. And applying stick with it to that. a dog. Yeah. Well, that's the first thing that jumped out. I've never heard that yeah. part, right? Because because nothing sticky, nothing funny, nothing wacky about rape as you think right. about rape. But you throw the word dog in there, yeah. now now you've got my attention. No. So I don't know the prank. The, the, there's big holes in that story. <laughs> I got him. And and now. You know, he was awful sad about being... Yeah, he didn't look happy. No. But see, would he have been happier if instead of raping him, they would have just ripped his intestines out well, that's and, what I and ate them. That's what I'd have thought would have happened. So clearly yeah. this German shepherd is, has the same internet viewing habits that I do is <laughs> well, the only thing I can figure. Hubs and tubes. Yeah. See, all the, the various hubs and tubes of, of which I'm an aficionado. So. Right. That, there's... Was there a story attached now, that they, I can read? Do they um skim? If I'm being honest, do dogs have like like their films? Are they like K rated? I don't. I don't have that. Sorry, God. Yeah, let me uh, hold on. I have the next commercial up since we don't have a producer, so I got to bounce between. <laughs> All right, Tom Wilson. So much for that story. Yeah, that was almost go. fun. But thank you, finally, Chris. For finally got to Tom Wilson, so I can g- quit talking. Giving me thirty-five All seconds. All right, of- talk about Tom Wilson killing that guy. Well, I, I don't think he killed him, but well, he tried he to kill him. So, so everybody's seen it at this point. You know, he about choked him to death, punched him in the head a couple times on the ice. That's almost par for the course for Tom Wilson and even the NHL. But then snatches him up by the hair, helmetless throws him on the back of his head on the ice, and then proceeds to pound on him. 
we're, we're past this in the NHL, right? Does this stuff get your ire up like it seems to for the, you know, ESPN is pearl clutching the hell out of this. They've just now discovered the NHL is still happening now that they're going to air some games next year. Isn't there. that amazing? And, you know, for a long time, there's been the debate about eliminating fights, and you really don't see fights like you used to. They've kind of taken that out of the game, the head injuries. And then you got a guy like Tom Wilson flying around doing this nonsense every night with the dirty hits, it seems like. And then, you know, every couple of months, this stuff with him. Are, are we past the point where this can be acceptable in the NHL? Because as of right now, the NHL has fined him $5,000 and considers the matter dead. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem with fights. Right. But that kind of shtick there is not only just, you know, using a cliche, dirty pool, it's downright dangerous. Right. I mean, he could have permanently injured either one of those guys. And, you know, let's not forget, we talked about before we went on air, they tried to have Todd Bertuzzi arrested, what was that, fit, 10 years ago when right. he put, gave that guy basically a face-first bulldog in, into the ice. And this I think was, they did arrest Marty McSorley, didn't they? Right. Or at least charge yeah, him. Yeah, this was worse. I mean, he put a stick over the back of the guy's neck and, and repeatedly right. you know, was pounding this guy in and then, like you said, took another guy down by the back of the, the hair on, with with – no helmet onto right. the ice, and then proceeded to pound on him. I mean, that's out of control. Yeah. I mean, it's it's we've seen – you and I have watched more than our share of hockey games. You have a fight, you guys swing around, and maybe a guy lands a good one, but usually they pull the jersey over and they fall to the ice, the ref jumps on them, they get up and they walk away. Right? And they yeah. go to the penalty box. No big deal. Um this is this is out of hand, and Wilson to me needs to be suspended for a long time. Yeah, if this was the first incident, because here's the thing: the NHL's in this weird in between stage of we. You got kind of the modern fan or the fan they're trying to bring in, who you know you, we've taken fighting out of every other sport, right? Remember the NBA in the '90s? It was like the NHL. Bill Lambeer was yeah. always pile driving somebody but it, it was every night with somebody we've taken that out baseball never really at least in the last 25 yeah. years was there ever a fight they go out there and hug and yell at each other and all this nonsense and, and emptying the benches the nhl was the last bastion of this and they're they're trying to take that out so you have the kind of the more casual modern sports fan who looks at that stuff with tom wilson in it last night and is appalled by it but then you, you read social media, you listen to sports talk. There's that faction of these old school NHL fans that live for this stuff and defend this stuff. I don't know how much defense I've seen of Tom Wilson. Well, Panarin jumped on his back. What was he supposed to do? Nah, <sighs> I've been on. watching hockey since the 70s. I haven't seen – I mean, you know, look, I, I, I remember – Bobby Clark and the Broad Street Bullies, you know, and, and all different kinds of factions of different teams coming up. Bob Probert, I mean, there, there was a nice, dirty player. Right. You, you know, we've seen the Darius Kasparitis and this guy. They took cheap shots, but not 
to the extent where it was like, I am going to kill you. Right. And you are not coming back on the ice. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I'm going to give you a cheap shot and I hope you retaliate and you get a, you know, a double minor or a major. Right. Yeah. yeah this, this is just ridiculous to me. I, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I'm, you know, I like to think of myself as an old time hockey fan. We well, were an old time everything. But you know what I'm saying, though? I mean, I mean, you've been watching a long time too. That that was just ridiculous. Yeah, and, and you see stuff like this, and it's never. That's why I can't. Tom Wilson is so frustrating because he's so tough and he does this crazy stuff. But unlike kind of goons of the past, he's very skilled. He's a yeah. really good hockey player. But I may rank him closer to if you remember Matt Cook that played for the Penguins. He right. was just dirty for the sake of being yeah. dirty, you know. And and I would defend him at times because he was on my team, which is why I understand the Capitals fans doing it. I, I get it, right? You'll yeah. put up with it when the guy's on your side, but as soon as he, there he is leaves, Casparitis, right. I remember yeah. him. Yes. But I, I can remember it. I, I was reminded of it today looking online where, where Matt Cook, at one point, that had gotten so out of control with him that Mario Lemieux took him aside and right. said, this isn't hard nose. This isn't, th- this is just assault at this point. I can't remember what the quote was, right. but, but Mario Lemieux said, enough of this. This has got to stop. Somebody's got to do this with Tom Wilson. Look, you can be tough. I think also this is a byproduct of, they haven't really legislated it out. I don't know where the shift has been. But taking the fighting out of the game, it was the weird as it seems. It was the self-regulation, the self-monitoring of the NHL. And as you take that out, this stuff kind of goes unchecked. And and when you look at these old school fans, this reminds me if you ever watch you ever watch the show Bar Rescue with that goofy guy from New York just screaming at people all the time. But one of his main messages was, you have got to quit catering this failing bar to your regulars. Your regulars are the reason this bar is failing. We've got to get rid of them and bring in new people. The NHL is always, by a large chasm, falling behind the other three major sports. I think it's this type of stuff. This doesn't fly. I don't think what happened last night flies in any era. But this dirty, this it makes it seem like a Mickey Mouse league. These old school fans, these old school hockey fans, the Keith Jones of the world, we got to get rid of them you know, if you want to grow this sport. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I mean, Keith Jones was, I mean, maligned back then. Oh, well, okay, was he? Okay, that's oh, interesting because yeah. that's before my time. Yeah, I mean, that was the, and, and God knows, I mean, I hated Frickin' Washington, you know, the Peter Bondras and, right. and uh, you know, Jim Schoenfeld, the coach. I mean, I, I can still remember when, God, who was the old guy that was the coach of the Penguins? I can't remember. It was a playoff. Johnson, I think, was his last name, if I'm not How far mistaken. back are we now? I'm going to say 90s. Oh, so it was Bob Johnson to. Yeah, I think it was Bob Johnson. Oh, got yeah, they must Got hit in the head with a puck. Yeah, yeah. And Jim Schoenfeld was protesting because they stopped the game <laughs> because the guy's laying there in the dugout bleeding with a you know, with a big gash on yeah, his head. Can't stop the game. What are you doing? It's a play. <laughs> yeah, because they sake. actually had scored a goal and cut it to like three or something like that. Oh, you're just doing this on purpose. The guy hit him with a puck for God's sake. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I, I hated Washington, but but no. Keith Jones but I never even saw Keith Jones do stuff like that. Right, and and that's the thing. 
do you wonder, do you think it holds the NHL back even? Because where all this comes from are these scrums in front of the net, right? Somebody tries to finish a shot, taps a goalie's pads, and we all pile on top of each other. Well, it's getting to the point, it's kind of like you, you throw a wild pitch and they charge the mound. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to make a big deal it's out of nothing. It's for show at this point. Sure, I mean, yeah, we've seen, you know, Bobby Orr, that, you know, that iconic picture where he's in midair hitting the, I mean he was getting clobbered in front of the net and he probably hit the goalie and everything nobody piled on anybody it was just hard-nosed hockey yeah. you know, we talked about it even back when we first started our show when you had um who was it Ryan Malone the old meat and potatoes guy for the right. penguins right in front of the net you know he'd be pushing and shoving and everything and getting some of these these free pucks but nobody piled on anybody. No. I mean, even then, I mean, this, we're talking, what, a decade yeah. ago. Yeah, and, and I like a little a sudden, face wash here and there. Yeah. But, but that kind of, that scrum after every, every, every you know, stalled puck, it, it leads to stuff like this. It escalates. Yeah. And look, I don't, I, I'm torn here because I don't want to water this down to where we take all this stuff out of the game and every game's 8-7 like they're doing in the NFL, no. like they're doing with every other sport, every NBA game there's in the 140s. You know, I, I don't want to get to that point. You like the hard nose, you like the scrap, and you like it. It's that kind of game. But but a guy like Wilson is just taking it so much further. And I think a lot of it, too, is the guy who Tom Wilson tried to murder last night. So Tom Wilson gets an attempted murder charge. They put that kid in a box, too. He basically, that's like somebody yeah. come, walks up to you on the streets attacks you, mugs you, they get arrested for mugging you, and you go to jail for simple assault, too, for right. getting your face beat off the sidewalk. It never makes sense to me, and they all they think they're regulating the game by doing that. Clearly, they're not. So, I'm not advocating. I don't know what the right amount of games are. I think somehow you've got to find a way to legislate those type of incidents out or make them so rare that we could have this conversation about Tom Wilson once a month if we wanted to. I don't know how you stop it. I don't, I'm not. I don't think it makes sense to say throw him out of the league, which is what you know everybody on the tweeters. No, wants but to make do. him. Make He's got to make it hurt, and he got to make it hurt for the Capitals too. Yeah, well, exactly. Suspend him for a numerous amount of games. Whereas, and, and I don't know how the league can do it. I don't know what the the bylaws yeah. are, but he doesn't get paid. But yet they still pay. You know what I'm saying? They pay the league or something yeah. for his salary. Somehow it hurts really bad. And, and and that's where teams can say, okay, we're not doing this anymore. Period. Because, because the Capitals as an organization do a good job of when this happens. They paint Wilson and themselves as victims somehow. Right. You read some of this stuff and then think about, and it took too long, I'll grant you, but it's a lesson learned that eventually the owner of the Penguins stepped in to stop the nonsense or limit the nonsense with Matt Cook. Meanwhile, the Capitals coaching staff and ownership is, oh, God, here we are picking on poor Tom Wilson again. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I said the real shame is he is a great hockey player. He's a skilled hockey player. He's not Bob Probert. He could go out and score 40 goals a right. season. but. It, then this nonsense, I, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't know it's, what the answer is, but it's got to go. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is, but, I mean, it's kind of like akin to, 
I, I don't really know how to put it. I mean, you know, almost like a Ryan Leaf. I mean, he was out of control. Right. I mean, that's basically what he is. I mean, of course, Maybe Ryan, Tom Wilson's on meth. I don't know. I mean, disclaimer, I have no knowledge, and nor am I insinuating that Tom Wilson's on meth, but I'm making a... The views of Mr. Fleeker do not express... <laughs> of any right in America. <laughs> what is that? He's signed through 2024, the 2023-2024 season. So there's, what, four more seasons of this? Oh, yeah, it's just going to keep happening. I don't know how you get it under control. I think it's just who he is. It's compulsive at this point. All right, well, let's take a break, Rick. I don't know what we're going to talk about afterwards. Oh, I do. I am getting hungry, and so I want to start talking about the chop shop. So we'll do that, and apparently when we come back, Rick Briggs is finally going to reveal what was in the box. What's in the box? All of that and more right after this. We would like to take this opportunity to tell you about our sponsor and friends, The Chop Shop in Butler, Pennsylvania. The Chop Shop is leading the way in the western Pennsylvania area for good eats. With fresh menus, great specials, in-house made desserts, and the recently added iced tea, lemonade, and milkshake bar, you are sure to find something to fulfill that craving or hankering, and even a little something extra for that sweet tooth. Yep, they even have gluten-free and vegetarian options as well. You know, between Facebook, Google, Yelp, and TripAdvisor, they average 4.7 out of 5, and that's over a 10-year span, so they are consistently killing it. You can check them out on Facebook, but also at ChopShopButler.com, or do yourself a favor and visit them at 108 North Main Street, Butler, Pennsylvania, and tell them Flager and Briggs sent you. All right, welcome back into Chaos and Disorder. I feel like... We've done all these chop shop spots to this point, and I have failed to mention the only place I know of, at least in this area, where you can get poutine. I'm thinking about this because we're talking about hockey. Go down there and get you an order of that poutine. Live like a Canadian. You wouldn't think it would be good. You'd think it'd be disgusting, but it is tremendous. Go get you some. Chop shop butler. Where's yeah. Bill Yamad on some poutine and coming into the Asylum Studios? I can probably make that happen. I, I think you should. I'm thinking of poutine. I tried to make it on my own. It wasn't good. Mm. You'd think it'd be simple, right? Right. It's like three simple ingredients. It wasn't the same. Some form of fried potato. Right. Gravy. Right. Cheese, cheese curds. Yeah, it'd be that simple. And That's... I've... You know, I kind of purchased, you know, pre-made the ingredients, put them together, dumped gravy I mean, that on it. Sounds simple, but it's talk not. about divine. Yeah, there's a science to it that I'm I'm unfamiliar with. So I I don't. Billiam is a wizard. It, I think it's just that. He's I like, prefer sage. Are you a sage? Is, is sage a noun or is it an adjective? Like sage advice? Can it be a noun? Of too? course it is. That's a good question. You are I a sage. Yes, a sage. Full I think I've heard that now that you say that. Hmm. And of course, sage is a plant, which is it's an herb. Oh, it's yeah. a delicious, delicious spice. It really is. Stupid You've heard of the uh, Premier Golf League, haven't you, resurfacing? I, I have not. Recently. You, you tell me about this Premier Golf League. <sighs> well... The PGA Tour started a $40 million fund called the Player Impact Program. Okay. To be dispersed to its most popular golfers. The reason the fund was created to begin with... What's the matter? That way. 
And what? And Put your bag. face on the microphone. Oh, Nobody can hear you. Very good. <laughs> I want to do a podcast, but I don't want to talk, and I don't want anybody to hear me. <laughs> Thanks. I, I got. An, I think that I was a sarcastic yay. yay, an ironic yay, if you will. It was a good yay, though. Isn't it and ironic? I, I earned one. Don't you think? Anyway. I really do think. You don't think. No. It's You're like incapable of thought. 10,000 boxes when all you want is a story. Oh, yeah. Come on, we're waiting. This well, I mean, you know, here I am trying to talk, and all I get is a distraction from the co-host, which I can all, you know, kind of expect. But the producer is nah, kind of he like... He shouldn't be cutting you He shouldn't off. even be... I mean, is this suspension worthy? I, it's we're, we're right there. I think it's going to... I'll have a decision by know. the I end of the show. I have to look at the refrigerator see if we got beer for next week. <laughs> hey, you can hardly close the door. I think you'll be all right. All right. And point of reference, I think from here on, here to four, I would like to be the host and you're the co-host. No, we're both co-hosts. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. I don't think I care for that. I don't care. That didn't even make sense. Premier Golf League. Think about it. It really wasn't a punchline. I mean, yeah. it was kind of like... It was just show business I guess. on the show. That's but anyway, we do it. two weeks after it was reported the PGA Tour started a $40 million fund called the Player Impact Program to, do, to be dispersed to its most popular golfers. The reason the fund was created to begin with resurfaced on Tuesday. According to The Telegraph... A golf super league, ostensibly called Premier Golf League and started by a Saudi team of negotiators, has made official offers to many top golfers, including the number one player, Dustin Johnson. Okay. We knew they got paid a lot of money going over to Dubai. Right, yeah, big bucks in Dubai. Well, apparently the report says that $30 million or more Plus ownership in one of the teams, the league, apparently they're coming up with teams in this golf league, could be made up of four golfers that compete against each other. Has been laid out in front of players like, go ahead, Bryson DeChambeau, DeChambeau. Justin Rose, Henrik Stenson, Ricky Fowler, and Dustin Johnson. Um, according to one report, now this is where it really gets kind of screwy. They offered a hundred million dollars to Phil Mickelson. A hundred million. A hundred million dollars. The guy's over 50. Yeah. He's not very good anymore. He's not that popular. I mean, I'm sorry. It's not a hundred million dollars worth of popularity. I can't imagine. Well, and we know what the scary part is. Phil will do it. You see the ridiculous clothes he wears. You offer oh, him yeah. 20 bucks, he'll do anything. He's oh, like, and he'll have that putty smile on for however time he's on TV. And then he's, oh, yeah. He's like the kid in the high school cafeteria when everybody's spitting the milk carton and it would drink it for 75 cents. That's <laughs> Phil Mickelson. You offer him $100 million, he gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Henrik Stenson. Oh, and Henrik Stenson. Uh, I failed to mention him. Stenson and Mickelson. They're giving Stenson a hundred mil. 
No, excuse me. Mickelson was only the one with a hundred money. He was reportedly offered a hundred million dollars. But Stenson was how do you walk in there with some of the big money? It didn't say how much he got, but a hundred million dollars offered to Phil Mickelson. That's crazy. Here's I mean, a dumb he can go over there and hack around for eighty and make a hundred million dollars. Why not? You don't have to practice. Yeah, well, yeah. Who Show cares? up. Now, is this? I mean, presumably, this is an entire golf season, right? Apparently, they're throwing together four player teams, and they play some sort of like Saudi Arabia league. I don't yeah, know how many courses can be over there. It doesn't say, but it, it's I don't know. I and then the PGA Tour is trying to counteract this by paying, you know, a players fund, you know, for the popular players. I mean, some of these guys coming out. I know I saw a tweet by Fred Couple saying, you know, this is starting to get ridiculous. Yeah. If you want to grow the game, why aren't you investing this money in the minor tours right. yeah. or something of that nature? Uh, I don't know. Here we go again. Here's what I got to think, though. Even if this would come together, and even if these major stars would be willing to go to Saudi Arabia and participate in this, I don't think it'll last for more than a year. It can't. Take, let's assume there's this endless bucket of money, you know, which, which there may be. There may be over there, but the PGA Tour, we talked about this last week. You're not going to be dumping $40, $50, 60000000 no. million dollars yearly. No, that's what to... I'm saying. If you're the PGA, take a hard line. You might have to eat it for a year. Yeah. Those guys are going to go over there, and they're going to find out. Even with $100 mil in your pocket or $30 mil in your pocket, if you're everybody else, that ain't the same kind of living in the good old, as it is in the good old USA. What's Dustin Johnson going to do when Paulina's trolloping around over there with her hind end hanging out everywhere, which I very thoroughly enjoy and strongly encourage her to keep doing? However, she does that in Saudi Arabia. That's going to be a whole different story. They'll be held up as kings over there for a little while, but culturally... Right. Would you move to Saudi Arabia? I mean, I, I said before we went on the air, there's some awful stuff I would do for that kind well, of money the, in Saudi the, Arabia, <sighs> but not long term. But how does this work? I mean, is this some sort of like a team season over there in place of the PGA yeah, I don't know, Tour? But, well, that's the thing. If it's for but a the, month, then hell yeah. But if it's to replace it, these guys aren't going to give up the ma- majors. And well, everything. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, maybe Mickelson. Oh, yeah. He's in his 50s, but, you know, you're Dustin Johnson's, you're Rory McIlroy's. You're going to give up chances at U.S. Opens and PGA's and British Opens and so forth. That's why the PGA Tour doesn't need to overreact here, I don't think. I don't either. I really don't either because, you know, when it comes down to it, there's a lot of egos at stake. And when Phil Mickelson retires or Rory McIlroy retires, He's going to want to look back and see how many tour wins he has. Oh, well, he has he has 28 wins over in Saudi Arabia on their celebrity tour. Right. Oh, boy, isn't that wonderful? Yeah, nobody Jerry cares. Royce has him on the celebrity tour in this country. So, I mean, who cares? Yeah. So, yeah, I know what you mean. So, I, I don't think I'd have – maybe for a year, right? I, I think most guys would take the payday for a year, but – I don't see any long-term success there, so I think the PGA would be foolish to overreact to this. I'm all for getting more money into the guy's hands. You know, that that's fine. But if it's – look, I, 
yeah, you, you don't begrudge anybody by going for getting a paycheck. And if the the Arabs are going to be throwing that kind of money, sure, go get it. But, you know, can't the, I mean, do they have to fight about it all the time? You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, can't you have, I mean, there's so many off days in crummy tournaments over here. Why do you have the Saudi Arabia open when they're having the Milwaukee open over here or something of that nature? That could be interesting as a fan. Take all the other stuff out of it if, you know, most of these guys are playing, what, two weekends a month, maybe one weekend a month or once every four years if you're Tiger Woods but only at the majors. But, yeah, if you had this set up that it could coincide with the PGA – tell you what where i wouldn't watch the milwaukee open if all of these guys got together and they had a nice course over in saudi arabia or in the uae or wherever they're going to do this at i might watch that you you know what i mean on a sunday i wouldn't get in line for it i wouldn't set my dvr but i'd click that on more likely than i would be to not to pick on the the great city of milwaukee but then i would be to click on that tournament so maybe they can coexist i don't know you would think so. I mean, I can't imagine a PGA Tour going away. No. And, God, I mean, no. there's just no no chance of that because, I mean, they just have so many of these tournaments. Because I don't see the Masters becoming part of the Saudi Arabian Tour. No. I, don't see the, <laughs> I don't see them going that I, way. I don't think so. That I, The Masters will be one thing that never, right. it, you know, it, it's always going to stay the Masters. But, you know, before we get Hold out of on. here. He's been waving his arms over there. We not, always not so much waving, but do you know how many courses they're planning on playing in this PGL? I, I do no. not. Okay. So, rough Google search. There are more than a dozen courses in Saudi. Some are sand-based layouts with browns instead of greens. But there are eight grass courses, which include Safa, a nine-hole layout with city residents and their guests. That'd be exciting. And Royal Greens opened in November 2017 near Jediah. Rolling Hills built from Armaco employees in Dharan, Arizona, a nine-hole community-based course in Dairab in Riyadh. Not okay. too far but, from the capital. You hit the key thing. It's 12 courses. That's hardly a tour. I am intrigued by this sand course thing. Right? Oh, I've seen yeah. I've never seen oh, such yeah. a thing. In November twenty twenty, Golf Saudi revealed ambitions to ambitions. ambitions. Nope, that's worded wrong, but we'll go with revealed oh, it's their fault. Mm-hmm. Revealed plans to build between sixteen and twenty three new golf courses and host at least four professional tournaments by twenty thirty. So apparently that's the plan is to get to 2030 and have these four tournaments yeah I'm all by 2030 phil mickelson's 60 and right. you'll be dead no i won't i'll be in my prime oh, but they listen how long their... do you think your prime's gonna last oh 30 40 years from now oh yeah oh my god of course yeah royal greens looks beautiful by the way it should they got a billion dollars over there oh yeah it's right on the coast it's amazing but i came across a list okay before we get out of here of unusual deaths Ooh, all right. which is like like you said it's in our wheelhouse yeah it's kind of what we do it's how we build our brand yeah 
And and one of the more interesting ones, I'll read more in one, but circa 15, or excuse me, 525 B.C. That's a butt-long time ago. According to Herodotus, Sisamis was a corrupt judge under Cambyses II of Persia. I don't think it's Cambyses. I think it's Cannabis. Cannabis. No, Cambyses. Right, Cannabis. Cambyses. All right. Of Persia. He accepted a bribe and delivered an unjust verdict. Oh, we can't do that. As a result, the king had him arrested and flayed alive. Flayed or flayed? Flayed. What's flayed? You know, like flayed with they they use like a whip, but they had like those metal hooks. Oh, yeah. Well, that's his, not unusual. That's just gross. His skin was then used to cover the seat in which his son would sit in in judgment. Why was his son being judged? Was he part of the scheme? I don't so know. So you had to wear daddy's skin chair? Uh, Gross. That I don't know, but that was pretty nasty. 455 B.C. Yeah, these four. aren't fun. Do you have fun ones? <laughs> no, I like fun no. deaths. How, how can you have a fun death? Yeah, I remember old Gertie up in I mean, Michigan a clown kill there. you? I don't know. No, that's not fun. I'm butt scared of clowns. <laughs> yeah, I don't like clowns either. I don't like clowns. No, I hate clowns. No, creepy. He's the mad clown over there. Sideshow Bob. <laughs> I, I like clowns. Yeah, you I would. bet you do. Okay. Uh, I like the insane clown posse. Eh. <laughs> no. How about 865? Ragnar Lodbrok, a semi-legendary Viking leader whose Ooh. exploits are narrow- narrated in... The Ragnar's Saga Lubrokar, a 13th century Icelandic saga, is said to have been captured by Ella of Northumbria, who had him executed by throwing him into a pit of snakes. Oh, no. That, I can't imagine a worse way to go. I'm scared of a garter snake. August 5th. That's my birthday. 882, Louis III, king of West Francia, died aged 18 at Saint-Denis, whilst mounting his horse to pursue a girl who was running to seek refuge in her father's house. He hit his head on the lintel of a low door and fell, fracturing his skull. <laughs> well, that's what he gets for chasing skirts. I mean, that's like what good that Curly would do, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, see, that's a fun death. See, yeah. now, now you're getting see, that's a, that's So okay, wait, she's that's... trying to get away from him. He's going to chase her with a horse and dunks himself off in the doorway? Good for him. John Homnemos the, the, the doggy door, yeah. This, this is pretty cool. April 1st, April Fool's Day, yeah, 1143, okay. cut himself with a poisoned arrow during a boar hunt Whoops. and subsequently died. No <laughs> kidding. You might want to be a little more comfortable or more careful if you're using poison arrows, I would yeah, think. Yeah, if you're going to use poison arrows, don't stick your hand in one. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, here's one. 1667, James Betts died from a six feet... 
asphyxiation after being sealed in a cupboard by Elizabeth Spencer in an attempt to hide him from her father. Ah. <laughs> uh, chase the skirts yeah, again. That's what it, it'll get you every time, every man. Time, this man. is a lesson to the young men out there. Don't don't get wrapped up in this. You'll end up dead. Okay. September 10th, 1898. An assassin stabbed... Okay, Empress Elizabeth of Austria. An assassin stabbed Elizabeth with a thin file, which pierced her pericardium and a lung. Because her extremely tight corset held the wound closed, she did not realize what had happened and walked on for some time before collapsing. Well, that's not fun. Well, the corset kept her alive. What was the point of the corset? To make him look skinny. Why didn't they just go for a jog? Here's my favorite one. January 15th, 1919. I think we covered this in Point Blank at one time. I would assume so. 21 people were killed and 150 injured in the Great Molasses Flood. (laughs) I do remember When a large tank of molasses burst in Boston's north end. What a delicious way to go, though, That'd right? Be a hell of a way to go. Molass- drowning in oh, molasses. Yeah. Wow. There was Let's a, get out of here. There was a beer one, too, where the, the fermenter busted open and people drowned in beer. That's like your dream scenario. Boy, howdy. That'd be all right. As we end the show. Oh, it's the box. It's the box. It's no. the box. I'm ready. Um, as you know, Andy Frampton always brings us in. Oh, do you want me to hit the outro music? Uh, no, uh, I'm uh, talking. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think you just suspended yourself. Wait, here. I, <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but I like it so much. <laughs> but anyway, Andy Frampton at Bronco Swanson this Thursday, May 6th, 2021. At the Punchline in Atlanta, Georgia. Ooh, May the dirty 23rd, South. Charlie's in Fayetteville, West Virginia. June 5th, Wiley's in Dayton, Ohio. Also May 21st, Conquest Stampede at Quantum Sports in Charleston, West Virginia. And the last call with Andy Frampton. He's the first guest on Impact Wrestling's Ace Austin. Ooh. So it sounds go. like Andy's getting close to our neck of the woods here. We might have to plan a show field trip yeah, and go no see kidding. old Bronco. Think maybe we could get him in uh, Pennsylvania. I know you won't cross uh, state borders, or you can't. Why can't I? The law. <laughs> I've got a p- paper that says I can now. I don't think you do. Oh sure. Yeah, the, those warrants say you can't. Oh. Well, I think they're old now. Well, I, th- I think they're still valid. Andy and I have talked. There's a couple of concerts up this way that he's hoping to get to. So, at the very least, we might meet up at a concert and do an interview. All right. I like that. I love it. All right. Well, let's get out of here. I am freaking We have starving. a producer. We're supposed to have music. Yeah. We're supposed to have outro well, stuff. Well, to be fair, he asked you if he could play the outro oh, music. And it what is that? Outro. Why are you spinning the this wheel? This was information. Where did you get a wheel? Information. Oh, the wheel. He said he what? burned it and what? buried it. What? What? What's the topic? What's the topic? No, no. What's the topic? I I was not consulted what's that there the would topic? be a new wheel. 
Sorry, wrong button. Right, oh, that was on me. Oh, oh wait, don't count that. Don't count that as a strike. That was I'm a, that was, a that was a fat finger. It, it's a strike. <laughs> You're not giving me a topic. You're out. All right. Well, this has been chaos and design. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's official, right? He's suspended next week, so there there will be a Finkelstein-less. Chaos and disorder well, next, week. next week. He hurts your feelings. You're angry. He's got to go. I want beer. Just, there's plenty of beer. You just might have to get up off your old ass and get it yourself. <laughs> will so, you get it for me? No. <laughs> so listen in next week. It will be Flieger and Briggs. Like I don't the like old it days. when he's not here bringing me beer. <laughs> here on Chaos and Disorder. <laughs> Check everything out. Chaos and Disorder on the tweeters. AsylumFantasySports.com. And Chaos and Disorder Pod on the Facebook. Until next time, just you and I, Rick, we'll see you. Take care. <laughs> Arrivederci. Bye, horse. And you're suspended. You don't get a thing. Where are you going next week? He's suspended. I'm suspended. Where's he going? He's staying I'm home. I'm filing an appeal. He's staying home and thinking about what he's done. I don't think he's how to be a good <laughs> out of the ordinary. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Trying to raise the bar here. <laughs>